Today, uh, you know, I want to recognize, um, and I'm going to say why, you know, usually when I speak, I speak from the perspective of someone who's fell off miserably and uh, has been rescued by God time and time again, right? But I want to, I want to, I want to today honor people that have never left the side of God and uh, have walked with God all the days of their life in godliness and uh, trained up their children in godliness and just walked after God, you know, because the same God who rescued me in all those days is the same God who preserves you and keeps you. You know, the Bible says that if God would not have left a seed uh, to the children of Israel, they all would have become like Sodom and Gomorrah. So it is the grace of God by which you stand uh, and you are able to live in this world and not be of the world. Uh, and as I grow as a pastor, I'm trying to uh, understand when I speak, I'm not just speaking for myself. You know, I'm speaking for this people, you know. And uh, God is in many gifts, manifests himself in many ways, and has many plans. And for this moment in time, somebody said this moment in time, we are here together to worship the Lord to declare the name of the Lord, and to call on the, on the name of the Lord, right? So, with that said, praise God, um, this message, uh, I've kind of taken a break from our little series of Add to Your Faith, Virtue, Virtue, Knowledge, um, the exercising ourselves to godliness to bring a Father's Day message. Are you with me? I'm going to try to say that two times max today. Are you with me? Uh, uh, there it is. So uh, what inspired my thought this, this week was studying the generations. I, I, I realized there was something very powerful when it comes to generations. And men who walked with God, and when I say men, I'm focusing on men today because it's Father's Day, but know that if you're the patriarch of your family, uh, this is honor to you as well. Um, but as I was studying generations, I realized that God had ordained the family. Man and wife, to raise children. And part of the destruction we have seen and witnessed in our generation was the enemy's attack on the family. Fathers leaving the homes, mothers raising children by themselves, uh, and or leaving the homes too. And, I mean, it's become a mess out here. You know it and I know it. Uh... There's probably 10,000 reasons as to how this has taken place. But number one, we know that the devil is slick and has plotted on us from generation to generation. This is nothing new for him. He is very good at leading men astray. I blame uh, part of the situation on the Industrial Revolutions and we're now probably rounding ourselves into a fourth industrial revolution with technocracy. 
uh, a future that uh, is going to be very strange, in my opinion, right? But everything hinged on another, right? The Industrial Revolution brought men and uh, men out of the homes and women out of the homes, and and we've we've went into this place. And here's one thing about. Uh, being 35 years old that I've come to understand. I can't see the world how people over my age have seen the world. I really gathered my thoughts on it. Just because I study history, most of that history is ancient history. You know, I have little to understand about 60s and 50s and uh, 40s. And, you know, people in this room have actually lived in these times. Uh, but I realize I only get to study inserts, lines of thought. But you know how in today's world, how when, uh, you know, I'm alive, I can see the nine, twenty different streams of what's going on in the world, right? You know, as somebody who's lived there, they are able to discern those 20 streams when I'm only reading one and thinking I understand what it, what it is, right? So y'all, y'all gotta bear with my youngness sometimes. But what I really wanted to say is, man, the whole system has been crouched against us. Uh, and just like me, I grew up, my mom works still to this day, night shift, she still works, Bill works, they work. Um, I grew up watching TV, and this is the normal thing. Now our kids are growing up on the Internet, like just glued face to it. So they're getting all kind of information, uh, and it's not coming from father, we're not raising our kids anymore, and it's hard in this society to raise our kids. We've given them to the school to educate them, and they've taught them godly, ungodly things. Excuse me, not godly, very ungodly things. They have implanted the seeds of doubt from the day they went into school. Do you understand that all of this is working against us when it comes to raising children in the Lord? And now we're entering a new generation, and I'm, I'm watching uh, a generation rise up that is completely godless. Uh, and I fear for the uh, the world that 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 has to lead that world, right? So, what is a generation? A generation is all of the people born and living about the same time. Regarded collectively. Also, the average period generally considered to be about 30 years, during which children are born, and here's the key, children are born and grow up and become adults and begin to have children. A father and a son represent two generations. Are you all with me? Is there anything anybody would like to add to that? Does that sound about right? Father and son, that's one generation, two generation. In a period of a hundred years, a great-grandfather, a grandfather, a father, and a son will, will share a window of time. And I find that so interesting. In a, in a period of about a hundred years, first of all, I want to ask, is, has any, was anybody alive during their great-grandfather's day? There's one, two, praise God, praise God. So, and how about your great-great-grandfather? Yeah, 
that kind of stopped right there, right? And see, this is the, the cycle of a generation. Right now, and you've... Yeah, you have become the patriarch of your family, right? Well, in a sense, you are the... Right. Yeah. And that's the cycle of life. And see, here's what's going to happen. Uh, you know, this is life for us. This is us, this little point. Uh, it took the great-grandfather, the grandfather, and the father to bring you to this place. But see, the cycle is uh, in life, it, it reverses. And, and you become uh, the father. Then you become the grandfather. And then you become the great-grandfather. And this is the cycles of life. It's went on for generation after generation. We share this span, and now we could say in a life there's about eight generations involved, the ones that brought you into this world and then the ones you brought into the world. Are you all with me? Uh, and this is the cycle we're all going to enter in through. You know, uh, and one day we're going to be, or people like me are going to be, the old men. And I am going to have lived, well, I was alive during 2000. Boy, you don't know nothing about 1999. Let me tell you something. I'd hate to tell them about 1999. Praise God. But you understand, like, these are the natural cycles of life. And, you know, when I really think about that, you know, it, it's very interesting because I never knew my grandfather. My, my grandfather was dead when I was a baby. I don't even know my great-grandfather's name. My dad died when I was a child, and uh, and that's it. You know, I don't even know my great grandfather's name. Does anybody like have their heritage? Do you know like all the way back to when you came to America, your family? My Yeah, that's interesting. Did they go up the the father's line and trace the seed by the father, or? Um, she actually went two different ways, but through one line, through my mother, she went back to the sixteen hundreds. Praise God! So you you have a fresh understanding of who your ancestors were and uh, how they got here, and right, pretty good. Uh, were you akin to any of the reformers, or? You don't know yet? <laughs> Praise God. You know, I wonder those things, like, because, you know, it's so interesting. Like, I have no idea who I am when it comes to my father's line and how we got over here, what's in my blood, and all this stuff. I have no idea at all. Uh, but it is something, you know, you, you wonder as a, a child or as a, even as an adult, you wonder, like, what all your families went through to get to you. Uh, we're going to start the scriptures in Acts chapter 17, verse 23. But before that, I want to uh, uh, entertain you for a second. These numbers, if you're a numbers person, this is going to really get you. Uh, one day I was studying the children of Israel and the lost tribes of Israel and trying to figure out exactly what happened there. But in the, in the sink of doing that, I realized something I learned when I was a kid became very valuable to me. How many knows if you take a penny and double it, 
for 30 days. How much money that is? It's over a million. Well, yeah, it's like five million. And now that's pennies. So, but you would have, uh, I actually went through and did the numbers so I didn't get up here and lie to you. Um, just like the, the math in take a penny every day and double it for 30 days, you reach five million dollars or 500 whatever million pennies. Look, look at Bill. Man, this, I know this is crazy, right? How many, how many believes that? Do the math. It will blow your mind. Bob knows. Bob's a number guy. Uh, but if you take the, the penny and double it every day, look at Bill. Well, he's still looking at me like, come on, man. I don't know if I believe that. Do it. It's a very interesting thing. It'll entertain your mind for a minute. Well, when you say double it, people might not realize that you mean like the number that you have the next day is double that. Right, right. So you would go one penny, the next day two pennies, the next day four pennies, the next day, eight pennies. And by the time you get to 30, I'll tell you the number. Uh, by the time you get to 30, it is 536,870,912. That's crazy. Is it not? Is that not just astronomical? You want to know what's really interesting about those numbers? Is that is the exact mathematics for your generations. You take a penny, which is you. You double it every generation because you have a mother and a father, right? Then they've got a mother and a father, right? And it just keeps going, right? Every generation, this stretches all the way back. And 30 generations back, do you want to know how many ancestors you actually got? And this is a rough estimate because people could have uh, many generations, but rough estimate. In the 1600s, because I did this by a clip of 100 years and by a clip of father or grandfather, great-grandfather, grandfather, father, and son, uh, and just kind of jump back. This is a... A basic number of, 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 from the 1500s, how many people it took to get you here. Y'all ready for this? If you trace it back to the 1500s, and you said your genealogy went back to 1600s, and, and these genealogies, you have to fi- follow one, you have to pick a couple of lines. You can't just trace them all down. I mean, it would be impossible. Uh, but in the 1500s, which is uh, about number 19, you would have already descended from 2,006, or no, uh, 262,144 people. That is a lot of ancestors. Is that not amazing, those numbers? I mean, it's astronomical. Uh, I, 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 those numbers blew me away. And then I was, you know, trying to think about it all the way back to Jesus. How many actual people? I didn't do the math, thank God. Uh, but when you stretch back to about the 1200s, you reach this 30th generation, right? And, uh, by the 1200s, you have about 536 million ancestors. Father, mother. Yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, that just kind of puts you in the big picture 
of mind frames, of how many ancestors it got to bring you to this moment. How many knows as man lives and dies, God is from generation to generation. Uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 23. This is a message that Paul actually was preaching to Stoic philosophers when he came by and seen their testimony to the unknown God. And he used that to preach about the God of heaven, whom he has come to know. He says, therefore, one of whom you worship without knowing. Excuse me, what did I say, 17? Oh, it's 17. 24, but uh, it backs up into like 23. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood, somebody say one blood, every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. Um, how many uh, has seen the clip where all the presidents are related? Like 17th cousins and 18th cousins, and you're like, wow, this is a conspiracy, right? The truth is, we're all cousins. Depends on how far you want to go back. This is what makes racism so dumb. Number one, we all descended from Noah and from Adam. Uh, but if you go far back enough, guess what? Everybody's your cousin. Everybody is your cousin. Praise God. Uh, I'm not teaching uh, genetics or anything like that. I'm just stating what the Bible says. It says from one blood, God created all men to dwell on the face of the earth. And has, look, this is what got me, and has determined their pre-appointed times. So I say pre-appointed times. Guess what? We are living in our pre-appointed time. And has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Here's the key. So that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they may or might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. In him we live and move and have our being. Now, don't you find that pretty interesting, these comments? It says that God pre-appointed your boundaries and the times of your dwellings. This is our generation. No other generations before our generation came here is in this time pre-appointed by God. We are here in this time pre-appointed by God. This is our time, right? Uh, and after thinking about all the generations that got us here, that God sat and watched 
to bring us to this time. And I think about how the enemy attacks on generations and brings generational curses. And uh, how he'll attack the father's father, father's. That thing goes all the way down the line sometimes. Are y'all with me? Do y'all understand? That the enemy don't even play fair. He snatches children up as their children. Uh, you know, he's, he's already on top of the day you're born. He's on top of winning you over to his side. He is on top of it. Uh, and the very thing that God ordained as family was to protect and raise and nurture children to raise the Lord. Uh, to raise in the admonishing of the Lord. And this is the real family unit is the, the priest of the home is the father. And, uh, you know, so the enemy knew what he was doing when he attacked our homes and began dragging the men and women and wearing them out and uh, then bringing the TV in to brainwash them and uh, do all kind of, teach them all kind of ungodly everything that from witchcraft to whatever is found in this TV land. Then the next industrial revolution comes the computer. Now they're getting drowned even more. Who even knows? We couldn't even counsel these kids. We don't even know what's in their mind anymore. Praise God. And then the generational gap. And uh, If you're good with computers, God bless you. Uh, my son will run me under the table with a computer. Because he's growing up in that generation. The generation where parents and everybody is stuck to this phone. I see it. I'm, I'm glued to it too. Wow. And how many knows we're being indoctrinated by the devil continually? And it doesn't seem like it, but everything in this world has become nearly witchcraft. Uh, I know it, it's a, a subject I'm not going to go in deep on, but everything from far, everything that's attacked and killed America is witchcraft. I'm talking about from the pharmacy industry, it's pharmacia. It's witchcraft. That's what it is. It has been an open assault on us. They use the music industry and everything. Uh, well, you know, we'll say the devil. But we're under uh, uh, numerous attacks continually all day long. And let me tell you, this phone can be used for good. But 90% of the time, the enemy's got his plan, and he's using it against us. So, anyways, I'm going in this direction to get you to understand that uh, we are raising godless children. And we entered into this thing, and it's not, uh, it's not, uh, man, you was born into this world, it don't matter how old you were. You were born into this cycle, not, and it became normal to you. Are you with me? Then we got the TV dinners and, uh, you know, it springs up and inspires us to all sit in front of the TV and watch instead of talk to your family and, you know, just different things like that. Uh, and this is the generation that everybody has come into and growing up in. Uh, the generation that follows my generation, Lord, look what they're watching. Look what they're, they're watching. Uh, the, the God of their fathers. Who is this God? He seems to be dead. You know, they don't even believe in God. They believe in multiple gods now. They believe in all kind of stuff that is just far from our reality of what is true. Uh, so anyways, that was the symbolism of this passing the baton to the next generation. And trust me, I'm 
no expert. I followed the footsteps of my father and did the same exact thing. <laughs> Are you with me? But in saying this, I want to go to uh, back to the days of Noah. And uh, it is Genesis chapter 9. Because there was a time, and the Bible records it, in which father and son received the blessings of God. And father would, uh, on his deathbed, lay his hands on the head of his children and bless them according to the Lord God Almighty. Are you with me? And then the eldest son generally would become the priest of that nation, as the father was the priest of that nation. Do you, are y'all with me? Uh, the Bible says in Genesis chapter five, or, or the verse right before chapter five, that uh, when uh, Seth was born on the earth, men began to call on the name of the Lord, and it starts pushing out all these genealogies for us to examine and look at. And then what's happening is. From the very beginning, there's like the people who follow God and the people who followed the God of this world or the devil. Uh, and, you know, it's an interesting thing that uh, they were just removed from Adam in that generation. And then all of a sudden, it's like nobody was calling on God. And then it said in the days of Seth, men began to call on the name of the Lord. Uh, but I want to take you to the days of Noah, which we talked about last week. So this feels in pretty good uh, for our Father's Day message. Uh, we understood that the world became corrupt and everything in it. Uh, but Noah was perfect in his generations. Plural. Noah lived for like 600 years, so uh, he had several generations to live in. But... Uh, Genesis chapter 9, verse 18. Now the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah. And from these, the whole earth was populated. Are y'all with me? From these... Men here, the whole earth was populated. Uh, and, and I'm not going to go over uh, everything that happened right after this. And uh, it's an interesting read, but I don't have time to get into it. Uh, Shem, being the oldest, became the priest of his family. Noah blessed Shem to be the priest of his family. Are you with me? I'm getting there, though. Uh, are you with me? Um, I want you to come down to verse 36. Or not 36, 24. So Noah awoke from his wine, and there's a big old story that goes here, and we could have read it, but I feel like let's just skip on to the blessings and the curses. And knew what his younger son had done to him. Then he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants. He shall be to his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, 
Are you with me? There it is again. I just can't stop this thing. All right. Praise God. It says, blessed be the Lord. This is the blessing to uh, Shem. It says, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem. And may Canaan be his servant. May God, in, God enlarge Japheth, which is the middle brother, or which is the last brother. And may he dwell in the tents of Shem. Shem. And may Canaan be his servant. So we watch here this uh, situation where uh, Noah is passing the torch of being a man of God and a, uh, a man that walks in the ways of God and he's passing the torch to be Shem, to be the priest of his household and all that Noah has was given to Shem and uh, even his brothers were made to be the servants, right? But the way that uh, Ham lived, God, Noah cursed him. Something that Ham did to Noah was absolutely, I guess, obscene and probably worse than how it's depicted in the Bible, praise God. But he, whatever he did, <laughs> he cursed him. And uh, we know that Canaan uh, became the father uh, uh, of many cursed generations uh, who practiced witchcraft. And actually from this line of Ham also comes Nimrod and uh, the rebellions of the Lord, you know, the ones who rebelled against God in their order of blessing. Uh, but I wanted to show you that uh, if you skip over to uh, chapter 11, verse 10, it's right after the story of the Tower of Babel. And we know everything that happened in that story. It says, this is the genealogy of Shem. Shem was the priest of the house. Shem was the firstborn. Right? And it goes down this big old long list uh, that we're not going to read. Uh, praise God. Uh, nor could I even read them if I wanted to and look intelligent up here. So we'll skip that, right? Uh, but you can definitely go and read it for yourself. And what it is, a gen genealogy of, of Shem, and it's from father to son, generation after generation, father to son, father to son, father to son. Father to son, and I'm talking about firstborn son, where they are passing this torch, and the blessing of the father goes to the eldest son, and they pass this. This is the way of how things went. The eldest son became the priest of the family, and the God of Shem became the God of, on down the line, all the names are there, right? But what I want you to get to is verse... 26, it says, Now Terah lived 70 years and begot Abram first, Nahar, and Haran. Now we all know Abram, right? We probably don't know half of these other names. But it says uh, that now Terah lived 70 years and begot Abram. Nahar and Haran. Uh, and what's so interesting about this uh, passing from generation to generation, it was always to the firstborn and they became the priest of their house until it comes to Abraham. And, you know, I've always wondered what is going on here because this is what's happened all the way down the lines. It's from firstborn to firstborn, firstborn, firstborn. 
right? Jesus was even the firstborn, right? He was the priest, right? Okay, praise God. Uh, but um, something different happens when it comes to Abraham. And Abraham bore children in his old age. Are y'all with me? He was about 75 years old when the Lord came to him with this whole, you're going to have a child. And the Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Uh, and the moment that all of this happens in Abraham's life, the story of Abraham comes in right after this line of descendants, all these descendants. And But to Abraham he calls and the story picks back up in Genesis and it starts talking about Abraham. And how many knows Abraham became the, the portrait of a, a, a long line of men who served God? Uh, but it says, blessed be Abraham. And he says, not only am I going to give you descendants, I'm going to make them as many as the stars of heaven. You're going to have so many descendants on this earth, you will not be able to count them. Are you with me? And uh, so he, 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 he walks through this blessing and, you know, God blesses Abraham. Uh, and so God had blessed and honored the, the firstborn and began to walk with Abraham in a time where men did not follow God. Do you understand? God. And Abraham is the priest of God. You might call him a prophet of God, whatever, whatever his title was. He was interestingly connected to God in a way that it transcended everything and it surpassed everything before his fathers. Because the God that was once the God of Shem was known through all generations as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Are y'all with me? And God made a covenant with Abraham. And in this covenant, he says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And we see uh, in the book of uh, Numbers how Balaam begins to try to curse the children of God, and how he cannot curse what is blessed. Are you with me? Uh, this blessing that followed with being the priest of the Lord was something supernatural and something amazing. Uh, and it also provoked a lot of enemies until God... Put them in their place. Uh, I mean, you go all through the line and you trace this seed like it's, it, it shows you how the, uh, the people come against them and then, uh, whatever they've done to them, it gets done back to them. Uh, and, and you, you begin watching as the Lord blesses. If I was Abraham and, uh, lived in that day, uh, uh, you know, it's not that I wouldn't go through tr uh, pain and the world wouldn't hate me and do this, but at the end of the day, God always Flips it around. Are you with me? But Abraham made a covenant with God. But I want to uh, jump back in and start reading right here where uh, he slaughtered the kings. Uh, they kidnapped Lot and Abraham, a servant of the Lord, went and uh, rescued Lot, him and his servants. And right after that uh, is where we see the first mention of the... Uh, Melchizedek, uh, Mel Melchizedek character, the king of Salem. And he says, then uh, it's in uh, chapter 14, verse 18. Sorry, I got a lot of scripture reading 
today. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's the way I go uh, because I want you to see it in the scriptures. It says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. Uh, and this is an interesting subject. It never mentions this guy throughout the whole Bible. Now, this was a whole another situation. And the, and the book of Hebrews says that uh, he was without father, without mother. Uh, and we're not going to get into all the shadows and types of, of all that. But he says, Blessed be Abram of God, Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God, Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Now the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the, the persons and take the goods for yourself. But listen to Abraham. It says, but Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, the God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. Except only what the young men have eaten and their portions. And the portion of the men who went with me and let them take their portions. Now watch this though. Verse chapter 15, he says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. And I wanted to point this out to you that Abraham goes to war with all these different kings, comes out on top, but Abraham raised his hand to bless the Lord Most High, and he took an oath to God that he would not touch nothing that come out of that camp. Least they, they should say that it was that uh, they blessed Abraham and made him rich in the earth because his honor was before the Lord. But God comes to him and honors uh, Abraham, and he, he says to this to him, Be of good cheer, Abraham. Do not be afraid. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. So what men don't understand is the fact that the blessing is God and God with us. How many knows I can pass ten million dollars to my my family tree? But if I don't lay my hands on and pass this blessing. A father to son on them. I've given them nothing. And that's 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 that that's the mind frame that the whole world has been set in, like let's build all this stuff, let's do this, do this. But we, we fail to realize that when you have God, you have it all. And if you go and watch this sea, dude, and how God works through people and through men in this earth, and he uh maybe flips everything around. On, on everybody, he blesses those who bless, but he'll curse those who curse. And uh, Balaam could not curse the children of God because they were already blessed by God. And what I realized is, man, this is our responsibility somewhere along the long lines of our generations. We have lost and dropped the baton. Are y'all with me? But I got good news. 
Uh, and there's so many scriptures relating to this. I could preach on this for, I know, three months. Are you with me? But I ain't going to do that to you. you I really do want you all to start picking up your Bible and looking into these things. It is absolutely amazing to begin to understand the Word of God and, and, and the things that this God who we don't know. We barely know this God. It's through this Word that He reveals Himself to us. Uh, man, it is a not, it's not even a, an option, dude. If you're a Christian, please pick up your Word and know this God. This is fellowship with the Father. Am I right or am I right, Miss Yvonne? I'm right. Praise God. Thank you. Uh, am I good or am I good, Miss Yvonne? I'm good. Uh, so we are going down this track, but I want you to understand that there was a time in the earth when men would raise men, and they raised them in the image of God. And these would become the men, the righteous men on the earth. And this was a cycle that perpetuated from generation to, to generation. But I want you to know in this same story, uh, as you go down in the book of Genesis, that something dramatically changed in the father and son, father and son. As a matter of fact, Abraham's children, he didn't bless the oldest child. He blessed the younger child. And his name was Jacob, the swindler, right? Uh, but God, in uh, this generation, uh, this was the sign of a new covenant. Are you with me? It no longer went from father to son, father to the firstborn, to the firstborn, to the firstborn. Right? But this is actually a picture of the grace of God. And this is actually the picture of a new covenant with God. Are you with me? And the promised child who would come from the womb. Uh, what did I say? I missed a generation. That's what happened. I was like, uh. So anyways, it's Abraham and then Isaac, who was the promised child. Ishmael was his older brother. He was the first born. Uh, and then we see this cycle where all of a sudden it keeps getting swapped with the firstborn. Now it's the younger son. Right? And it's an interesting thing to keep watching because then you come to Jacob. Does the same thing. Boom. And it swaps it. Uh, and, you know, it's funny, it comes all the way till Jacob becomes an old man, who is Israel. And Joseph, if you know the story of Joseph, he rises up to the throne, and, uh, you know, he thought he was dead, and then he brings all of Israel, uh, 70 people, I believe, to Egypt. And that's where they begin their journey in Egypt. But when Jacob or Israel gets old, he realizes he's going to die. Right? And it says he's dim in his eyes. And a lot of these old men become dim in their eyes. You know, that's how uh, that uh, perpetuated like that. It always says that. I noticed that. But one thing that he did is he told Joseph, go get your sons. Because I want to bless them. Right? And Joseph was one of the younger uh, but this is where the 12 tribes of Israel come from. But one of the things that are so interesting, look, uh, Jacob in his old age, he also breaks the chain. 
Uh, and, and, and Joseph presents his two children. And uh, Jacob is an old man. And Joseph pre- presents his sons, the oldest on the right and the youngest on the left. And then Jacob goes to bless them. And he comes out like this. Joseph's like, what are you doing? You know, this is not right, right? And then he just stuck with it because this was his, also his experience, and this is his life, the younger and the older. And what this is a picture of is the, the law and then grace. And how the law would be first, but it's really about grace. And how Jesus would come and redeem us from the curse, somebody say the curse, of the law. But what they would pass down for generation is this God. The same God that was with Abraham was with Jacob. And when he come back to the children of Israel, you know, they went into not knowing this God. They only heard stories about this God. They were in Israel for, I mean, for Egypt for so long, generation after generation. And the Bible said that the generation that knew Joseph died. But the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger. But you know, it's like the grandfather telling his children, you know, they only hear stories. The children are growing up like, you know, right, you know, in a sense. Are you with me? Yeah. It's just like stories. Right? It's still that way today. It's still that way today. It's just like stories. Until the time came where Moses rose up. Uh, and I want you to go to Genesis. I'm going to hurry up because I know this is one of them. Long-winded messages. Uh, uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 15. If you can hang with me. Can you hang with me? Exodus chapter 3. And you probably remember this scripture. Very famous. I'm not going to read the ones before it, but if you... Read the ones before it. Uh, uh, it just explains the children of Israel and how their oppressors attacked them. But it says they multiplied and grew. And then it says the Egyptians were in dread of the children of Israel. But the harder they made them work, the more they multiplied and grew. And this is like the promise, right? All over the Bible. Uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 15. So when God comes in to raise up Moses, this deliverer, then he said, do not draw near to this place. Take off your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father. The God of who? This is so many generations removed from Moses, 400 years time. Are y'all with me? I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham. The God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. So for many generations, they they didn't never have a real encounter with this God. They heard stories about this God. But then this God reveals himself to Moses and he says, I am the God of your father. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. The God that walked with Jacob. I am that God. Take off your sandals. You're on holy ground. 
But what I want you to know is from father to son, father to son, they, pla- they pass the blessing of Abraham to their children. Are you with me? But there's many times where it talks about the Bible. The Bible talks about men began to uh, forget the Lord. And generations would rise up and they wouldn't know the Lord. In uh, Judges chapter 2, verse 20 is one of those times. uh, And I'm not going to read it, but it says they there came a time where they forgot the Lord. Are you with me? And this happens perpetually, time after time after time. And then God would raise a deliverer out of grace. Are you with me? Sorry, it's getting warm in here. I'm, I'm trying to uh, get there. But I want you to understand something. Even though men uh, and women are, are not raised in the image of God anymore, you must understand that God Himself made a new covenant with mankind. And you have the opportunity... To break the cycles in your family. To be the generation that worships the Lord God. Are you with me? Uh, and I'm just gonna go to one, one verse, uh, and then we'll be done. Or, well, man, I'm telling you, there's so many. I'm just gonna go to one though. Praise God. You want me to go? I'm gonna go to one. Romans chapter 10. Because the way in which God blessed the whole entire world through the seed of Abraham, was in this right here. And how many knows that Jesus is your kinsman redeemer? Have y'all ever heard that? It's Romans chapter 10. Because I need you to understand this, and I'm going to end this, because there were so many things I wanted to say, but it's already getting so late. And it's getting hot. And I wore long sleeves. Praise God. Uh, in chapter 10, verse 4, it says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Uh, and I want you to skip down to verse 12. And basically what Paul is doing is he is explaining that Christ is the end of the law. And the blessing to all mankind. And he says in verse 12, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. Are you with me? Jew is the descendant of the line of Abraham. There's several tribes of Israel, but the majority of, after a 2,000 year period, uh, we get what's called the, the ten lost tribes. Uh, well, it's actually, I'm not even going to get into it, but um, Simon and Benjamin ended up getting swallowed up by Judah. Uh, and they became what we call Jews. Uh, it's the tribe of Judah, basically. Um, but listen to this. He says, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the, sl- the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Remember Acts chapter 17. That he put you in a place in a pre-appointed time that you might reach for him. Walk for him and find him, but he's not far from all of us. For in him we move and live and have our being, right? But what he says is, the Lord 
over all is rich to all who call on him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'm telling you this because the same God who walked with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the same God of Jesus Christ, our righteousness, our Lord. And in Christ, how many know that we have entered in to a new covenant with the same God? The same God. This is the covenant of the blood of Christ and is by grace and truth. And, uh, you know, we have the opportunity who did not know the God of our fathers. For this God to become our God. And for us to raise our children to call upon the name of the Lord. Not just some uh, magical idea, uh, stories that you heard uh, from childhood from your grandparents, right? But a real and true living God. That we can walk with that God today. And, uh, you know, as a message to fathers, you know, we need the family unit to be restored. God has ordained families to raise children. Are you with me? And uh, it is our duty in our pre-appointed time right here uh, to raise our children and to serve the Lord, right? Uh, and I just want you to know time is not lost. God is able to restore and redeem times that are lost and the things that the enemy took from you. Are you with me? So I basically just wanted to point out the fact that, uh, yeah, we might have been born in an extremely lost and perverse generation, and we might not have known the God of our fathers or known to worship God at all. But praise God to the fatherless, God becomes a father. Are you with me? Or to the, uh, the generations that were not Jews, he says it's to the Greeks also. Anyone who will call upon the name of the Lord. Yeah? That's good news. Because now we can let the Christ be in us to be our kinsman redeemer. For the blessings that were in Jacob and Isaac and Abraham will be on us. And what is blessed cannot be cursed. Are you with me? This is the message of the gospel. This is the covenant that we've entered into. I'm going to stop, man. I'm going to end up preaching again. But praise God, that is good news, man. Like, this is not just some crazy uh, idea. This is the God of the universe. This is uh, the God who created us, and in Him we live and move and have our being. And how many knows? What a blasphemy to breathe all the days of your life and breathe this air that God has given us and not praise it. This is how far the world has gone. Not only that, they blaspheme God. They worship idols. Are you with me? We worship idols. And what you think all these TV stars are and all these things, man, we, what are you worshiping? There's all kinds of idols and witchcraft. What are you practicing? You know, I'm not trying to be hard. I just want to wake up. Wake up. I want to wake up. I want, I want to wake up. I want us all to wake up. Because we've been put to sleep by that TV. By our generation, by this industrial revolution, 
by this systematic attack of the devil, and we need to wake up. So, there's that. I hope that's a good, nice, and good Father's Day message. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we pray that you uh, be our kinsman redeemer this morning. Teach us to uh, be the priests of our household, Lord God. Teach us to walk in all your ways, Lord God, and to know your heart, Lord. Teach us to uh, raise this church in strength and in the knowledge of you. Teach us how to call upon your name and to be your children in this earth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Our closing hymn is number 342, Just As I Am.